We have completed the laws of loans, Malva Veleva, and now in the limit of three Prakim, we move into the laws which are called by the Rambam To'ein Venitan, which would freely translated means a person who has a complaint and a person who responds, a plaintiff and a defendant. The 400, or pardon me, the 304th Shir of the Rambam is where we begin the learning of Tayyim Venitan. And for the next five days, we're going to study the same mitzvah because all of the halachas of Tayyim Venitan, which are 15 chapters in total, revolve around the fulfillment of this one mitzvah. The mitzvah in the Rambam system of mitzvah nomenclature is 246 of the positive mitzvahs. And the mitzvah is, we'll start first with the Rambam in the book of mitzvahs, Hatzivui, the command that God gave us, Nitztavinu bedin toyin venitan, where God gave us the commands, God gave us instructions. How do we deal with people who come to a court and one says, so-and-so owes me, and so-and-so says, I don't owe him, or I owe him something, but it's not what he necessarily says. How do we deal with this? So there's a divine system, as is articulated briefly in Pashas Mishpatim, and as is given to us primarily in the oral tradition, the Teirish Shabal Peh. So the, 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 this notion of Tayyim Venitan is the 246 mitzvah. As God says in His Torah, and this is found in the book of Exodus, Shemot, chapter 22, verse 8, which is in the middle of Parshas Mishpatim, the Parsha that deals with all these ordinances of dealing with everyday life, how to, how to run a civil society. So the Torah says, Al kol dvar pesha. But anything where there is a suspicion of, le- of, of, of a lack of, of, co- of commitment, that somebody didn't follow through, somebody was negligent in their obligation or responsibilities. So the, the exact case that the Pasuk is talking about refers to somebody who is appointed as a watch person. So you're given an obligation or responsibility to watch something for somebody. And then, well, it could be a shomer chinam, it could be somebody who does it for free, it could be somebody who's getting paid for it. And the person comes back and says, where's my object? So, oh, your object, it's, it's, not, it's not here anymore. It got lost or part of it is gone or it's damaged, it wasn't my fault. So we have, we have a plaintiff and a defendant. We have people now who are in a, a court situation. One says that he's owed money, one maintains that he doesn't owe the money. So the trader says, in all these kind of cases, Asher Yoimar Ki When he says, this, exactly this, that's the language of the Pasuk. Asher Yoimar Ki When he says, exactly this. So the end of the Pasuk is, Adho Elohim Yavai Dvar They come before the court, which is referred to with a, like a divine name. Asher Shion Elohim Yishalim Shnaim Whatever the judges will say, who is obligated, who is responsible, they have to adjudicate between these disputants. So the Rambam zeroes this mitzvah onto, onto those few words, these five words, Asha Yomar Ki which he says, this. So what does this mean? Firstly, I'll, I'll share with you the, the literal meaning of the Pasuk, as Rashi explains it, which is not, not the way we're learning, not the way we're, we're understanding this mitzvah, but how you read the Pasuk simply is, <coughs> Rashi there says, in the literal meaning it means that we're referring here to the words of the witnesses. So the person brings witnesses that the object that I gave for safekeeping was worth $100, $500, whatever it may be. Exactly what they say, so exactly what they say, we have uh, proof, we have witnesses, we have testimony that corroborates my story, 
That's the kind of money that we're dealing with. That's what the courts are involved with now. Exactly what was your claim? So oftentimes people will have complaints. I have an issue. So-and-so owes me. What do they owe you exactly? Well, they owe me a lot. That's not good enough. In a court system, everything is boiled down to technicalities. They owe you. What do they owe you? Why do they owe you? What exactly is your taina? What exactly is your legal complaint? Not, not, not how you feel about this. This is not an emotional issue. This is not a, a question of, of uh, I think it would be nice if he would. No, no, no. Court system. Court, justice is blind. Let's get very, very technical. Ki, hu, ze. Exactly what are you asking for? And do you have proof? Do you have testimony? Do you have some kind of corroboration that this is in fact the case? That's the literal meaning. But Rashi himself says that that literal meaning is not sufficient in understanding the Pasuk. That, that's the way the word reads literally. That literally it's referring to the words of the one who comes and he makes a demand. However, Rashi himself includes the drasha of our sages, which is the oral tradition that's recorded in Masechet Bavakama. And Rashi himself records it in the Pshut Shomer, and this is what the Ramam is referring to. That ki means lalameid she'imechayven oto shavua. That the person who is being has a claim lodged against him. That that person is not obligated to make an oath to demonstrate the the, the integrity and the authenticity of his complaint. Ella im Cain, unless hoda he admitted b'miktsas. So if he made a partial admission. That's when he becomes obligated to take an oath. In other words, a person can't walk in the street and say, hey, you, you owe me $1,000. I owe you $1,000? I don't even know who you are. Oh, now you're telling me stories. Now you don't know who I am all of a sudden. You owe me. You know you owe me. You don't owe me? Well, let's go to the court right now. I'll bring you, bring you in front of the court. I'll put a Torah in your hands. I want you to swear. The guy says, are you crazy? I should swear. Who, who am I? Who are you? I don't know what you're talking about. So the truth is, that person is right. Do you have a proof? Do you have some kind of something, you have a documentation, you have a, a witnesses? You can't just go around throwing out uh, accusations, demanding things of people. It doesn't work like that. In a court system, you want the courts to get to work for you, you need to come with some kind of corroboration. So just because I decided, or I claim that somebody owes me money, doesn't mean that person is obligated to respond, or certainly not obligated to stand in a court and take a shavuot. However, if there is documentation, if there's a star, if there's a document, if there's, if there's a witness, obviously we're in a different set of circumstances. Comes the Torah and says, if the person says, Ki huzeh, Ki huzeh, which Rashi refers to and the Rambam is referring to in the book of Mitzvah Nauresh Mavav, the Gemara explains in Bavakama, it means like this. Ruvain has a question or a taina, a complaint to Shimon. Ruvain says, Shimon owes him money. So Shimon says, hey, Let's be precise about this. You said I owe you $1,000. That's not true. I owe you $500. Let's be exact about this. This is what I owe you and not what your claim is. Ah, so then you are a disputant. You are in a court situation. You are, you are, you are not a stranger. You are admitting, Shimon, that Ruvain has a complaint. So Shimon says, yes, I admit Ruvain has a complaint, but it's it's exactly this and not more. In that case, says the Torah, Shimon is now obligated to respond. He can do one of three things. Either he can pay, he can say, okay, if Reuven is making this complaint, I admit Reuven is telling the truth. Or he can bring proof that things are not the way Reuven is saying. 
And if he brings proof, brings witnesses, yes, we were there, it's a $500 loan, it wasn't a $1,000 loan, no problem. Shimon had to bring proof, the burden of proof was upon him, he brought the proof. The third option is that the courts will say, you claim you only owe $500, Shimon. Shimon says yes. And we turn to Reuven, Reuven, you maintain that Shimon owes you $1,000. Yes, says Reuven. So we say to Shimon, you admitted that you have an obligation to Reuven. Since you admitted you have an obligation, but you said ki the obligation was limited, it was this and not that, then you are in a situation where you have to take an oath. This is a very serious thing. And not everybody is allowed to take an oath. There's halacha, there are people, somebody who's chashed ala shavuah, somebody who we think is dishonest, we would not allow him to take an oath in a bezin because you're going to invoke Hashem's name in vain. The person doesn't care. He has, he has no compunction of invoking God's name. He's a thief. He's a, he's a known charlatan. So somebody who we assume is honest. And he has integrity. And he has yirat shamayim. He takes God and godliness and Torah seriously. They say, listen, we take, we take your word seriously as long as you back it up with an oath. And this is minha Torah. This is a biblical obligation that Shimon has now to swear on a Torah that he only owes Reuven $500, not $1,000, as Reuven is claiming. That's this mitzvah. <coughs> and, and that's how we learn it from the actual Pasuk, that, that the Rambam quotes those few words. Interestingly enough, the Baal Haturim, in his inimitable way of always discovering the Torah codes, how the Pirush, the oral Torah, is encoded into the actual words, he says that the words, Asher Yomar Kihuzeh, that's the five words that the Rambam brings in the book of mitzvahs, are the gematria, the numeric equivalent of Modeh B'Miktzat Hatana, meaning one who admits to part of the complaint. He makes a partial admission. That's the language of the Talmud. The Talmud says that this person we talk about made a partial admission. So the Baal Turim says it's actually, if you add up the numerology, these five words equal exactly that statement, that term. The motive of Satana, the person who admitted impartially. Or as the Sepharno says, as long as, as long as there's a partial admission, then we know that there is a Baldin, Hanitva, and that he is there, Be'emet. That means there is somebody who has a complaint. You have verified, Mr. Shimon, that Mr. Reuven has a complaint. Because if, if Shimon were to say, I have no idea what Reuven's talking about. Yeah, I know who he is, but I don't owe him any money. This is ridiculous. He's dreaming in Technicolor. He, I, I don't owe him a penny. So Reuven has no leg to stand on. Reuven has his, his complaint is absolutely un, unbased. It's, 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 it's meaningless. But when Shimon comes along and says, yeah, Reuven, true. I verify that I indeed do owe you money. And you do have a complaint. But... It's not what you say it is, and in that case, the person is required to take an oath. The Raman tells us further in the, in, in the book of mitzvahs, that including in this mitzvah, This mitzvah includes a very, very thick part of the Shulchan Aruch, an enormous part of what's called Cheshen Mishpat, the questions, the issues that one has to the other, how do we govern people who are fighting? You cannot say, fight it out, step outside and shoot it out, that doesn't work. The courts have an obligation to step in. And we have to deal with, we have to look carefully at each taina. Ruben says this, Shimon says this, they have this proof, they have that proof. And we have to analyze each one. Sometimes we have admissions, sometimes we have hakhasha, we have denials. 
All of these are generally uh, explained in great detail in the third chapter of Masechet Bavakama. It's also talked about in the first chapter of Masechet Bava Metziah, which talks about when people claim to have found something together, and that each one says, I found it first, it belongs to me. As well as the eighth chapter of Masechet Bava Metziah, and the fifth, sixth, and seventh chapters of Masechet Shavuot, which deals with oaths that people have to take. Who is required to take an oath? When are they required to take an oath? And how is the oath administered? The Ramam says something unusual. This is not usually found. Most of the mitzvahs doesn't say this because most of the mitzvahs are not like this. Most of the mitzvahs are fairly localized. That the primary discussion of the mitzvah will be found in one place in Shas, two places, maybe three. But the Ramam says this idea of toyim venitan, the complaints that are lodged back and forth and how we deal with it, is so vast. rabot. Many questions and answers, many queries are found mefuzerot scattered. This is basic Talmudic jurisprudence. You'll find it virtually in every tractate, regardless of what the tractate's talking about. Invariably, there will always be a discussion that meanders down that pathway and will always be discussing possibilities of one saying, one admitting, and how we analyze the different complaints that are presented in a court situation. It's meaningful at this point to add to the Book of Mitzvahs that in, in the beginning of Mishnah Torah, Right away in the first halacha, the Rambam says that there is another instance where there is a shavua, an oath administered min ha-Torah. And this is not because of somebody's admission, but because of an oral tradition, an oral tradition that's based on the, the scriptural nuances in the book of Deuteronomy and Devarim Yutes, but it's, it's, it's primarily an oral tradition. That in any situation where two witnesses would bring about an obligation of payment, then one witness will bring about the obligation of an oath. So in other words, if Reuven says, Shimon owes me $1,000. Shimon says, I do not owe him a penny. I paid him, I paid him already. I never took a loan from him. He's a liar. The bottom line, however way he couches it, he says, Nothing to talk about. It's absolutely untrue. I don't know anything. Okay, does he have to swear? Does Shimon have to respond with an oath? No, because Shimon is not modebimiktsat. He didn't make any admission. What happens if Reuven would find two witnesses and those two witnesses, Yisachar and Zvulun, are brought into the court by Reuven. He says, you know, yesterday I was here with Shimon and Shimon denied. He said he never took a loan. Well, my dear judges, here's my witnesses, Yisachar and Zvulun, they were with me, they were with us, they saw the loan. They saw the loan. So what will happen to Shimon at that point? He has to pay. His witnesses that, that are, are essentially corroborating Reuven's story. So he has to pay. Okay, now enter another little detail. Reuven can't find Yisachar and Zvulun, because Zvulun who lives at the coast, is off to the Far East on a trip. And nobody knows when he's coming back. But Yisachar, he found in the base Medrash. And Yisachar was learning, Yisachar was in town. So Reuven showed up in the court, in the Bethdin, with Yisachar. And Yisachar says, Emet, it's true, Shimon owes a thousand dollars to Reuven. And what does Shimon say? Nothing doing. I said yesterday it's not true, I say today it's not true. Well, we have a rule, you need two witnesses. If you don't have two witnesses, you don't have a case. Ah, says the Rambam, 
In addition to the moide b'miktas, to the concept of the oath, we have an additional little nuance in the detail, which is that if there is one witness, only one, in a situation where two witnesses would have required payment, so when two witnesses would require payment, one witness is able to impose a shavua. So now, Shimon cannot say, I don't know anything. I'm out of here. The judge says, not so fast. Not so fast, Shimon. Now you have an obligation to respond to Reuven's taina. Why? Because he has one witness. As the Rambam says, wherever two are going to obligate Shimon to pay and, and to respond, to, he, that he's obligated, Echod then one will, re, will require, he's obligated not to pay, but he's obligated to defend himself or to defend his claim with a back his claim with a shvua. And this is the idea, we learned this from the Pasuk, as I said, in the book of Devarim, it says, Eid Echod, one witness, is good, L'chol Avon, or L'chol Chatat, Enokam. One witness is not good enough to say, establish facts, that somebody did a sin or somebody's obligated to receive a certain punishment, or so, one, one witness is not good enough. So we learn, to actually obligate somebody to bring the offering, to obligate somebody to have to respond by paying, he's not good enough. One witness, that's, that means something. Namely, that Shimon, the plaintiff, is going to have to respond now by making an oath if he wants to back up his claim and walk out of the court. What if Shimon says, well, I'm not ready to swear? Or Shimon is the kind of person who cannot swear because we know that he's not a trustworthy individual. The judges cannot in good faith hand him a Sefer Torah and say, oh, Shimon, make a Shavuot. Shimon says, no problem, I'll swear whatever you want. They say, ah, Shimon is one of those people who can't make a Shavuot. What happens then? Mitoch she'einu yochali shova because he cannot take an oath to demonstrate his innocence, Mishalim, then he has to pay. The only way for Shimon to get himself out of it would be to bring some kind of proof that that one witness is not telling the truth. Otherwise, the oath is required, and you should know that sometimes when an oath is required, if the oath cannot be administered, it would result in actual payment. So that's all for the 304th Shir of the Rambam. And as I mentioned, every day, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning a little bit more about these very interesting and important halachot that are couched in the laws of To'en, the Nitan, the laws of the Jewish judiciary.